You're listening to Ambition Without Compromise, the podcast that is planting a flag for women of color who are ready to unapologetically center their unique vision, personal legacy, joy, and wholeness in the pursuit of the next level in their business and careers. I am your host, Monique Shields. I'm an executive coach, entrepreneur, mom, wife, and champion of badass moguls in the making. Let's dive in. All right, y'all. Welcome back for another episode. I'm reflective today. It's a nice rainy day in Southern California, and it's a great day for recording because I be in my thoughts. Literally, I had just come off a series of calls and pumping and doing my workout with my trainer and knocking out a couple of emails. And I was like, oh, I need to eat. And I sat down and I pulled together some like scrappy meal in my kitchen <laughs> And that nourishment just clicked a few things into place in my mind, things that I wasn't even trying to think through. You know how sometimes it's just like giving yourself a moment of the nourishment that you (laughs) obviously needed. All of a sudden, this like surge of clarity hits. That's what just happened for me. And I got this concept in my mind. It's, It's not, you know, new in terms of the topic itself, but the way in which I'm willing or I guess ready to tell the story of it and what impact I want to create through, you know, speaking through this and what words I want to use has become super clear. So here we go. So I'm sitting here, I'm having my lunch and I think I'm just like, you know, business to do's and conversations I've had with really a number of my friends are launching new initiatives and projects this year that I've been in a position to be really helpful with. And one of those friends who is a brilliant, brilliant psychologist, is launching a new set of experiences and services. And she's been kind of consulting with me back and forth through text and audio and emails or whatever um, for any thoughts that I might have as someone who's a little bit further ahead of her in this kind of way of building business. But she's been, you know, basically working for herself since day one. So anyway, we're having this conversation and I'm like, this is one of my oldest friends, by the way. And I'm like, girl, I got you. Let me do a screen recording for you. It sounds like, you know, you're looking to, basically she was trying to figure out how to streamline her process for how to direct a photo shoot and how to sort of uh, pair that with a clear sense of her brand and direction for her business. And I had walked myself through that process a couple of years ago when I created my website and had to first do all the branding, you know, pretty photo things or whatever, which there's a future where we're going to definitely rebrand, but (laughs) And I was like, I've got it. I've got like this whole spreadsheet because, you know, (laughs) when I go and do something, I'm going to do it. And it's like several tabs in a workbook that I've created. I was like, I'm going to share that with you. And matter of fact, I'm going to create a whole Loom. I actually use Vimeo, their screen recording to walk you through my process and how I've made decisions, you know, to like leverage this tool effectively. And she's like, oh my gosh, thank you so much or whatever. And I've been in, again, I've been in a position to help a few other women in my network. These are women who I have known for years. These are my ride or dies, right? Like these are the women we have each other's back. Like I am your sister's, my sister's keeper type girlfriends, right? And so I'm like, I got you. I will stop what I'm doing right now because I know you need to get back to your photographer. You need to figure some things out or whatever. I got you. Like this is going to take me 15 minutes to pull this together and do a quick screen recording. So bada bing, bada boom, I do. And I'm like, wow, this is actually pretty robust what I've pulled together for her. And I felt really good about being in a position to give 
from that place. I was like, oh, I've done some things. I've learned some things, right? And I had a lot of perspective to offer her. And we were going back and forth. She was like, oh my gosh, this has changed the game. So she created her own spreadsheet. She's got her whole strategy together. Like the ducks are in a row, honey. And at the end of that, she was like, yo, we should talk about how we can like bring more uh, women like me into this and like more people like us, especially like black folks. Like we need to, you know, we just don't know these things, which is true which is absolutely true that, you know, part of the reason I knew how to direct that photo shoot is because there was a white woman in particular who had been running her own um, photography studio and, and creative agencies or business for years whose ear I had when I was trying to figure out how to do this. And she gave me a ton of tips and advice and I created a process around what she told me to do. And so I'm offering this to my friend and she's like, yo, these are the trade secrets. These are the things that many of us don't have access to or you have to have like, you know, extreme paid access to or whatever. You don't know what you don't know. And I was like, I 1000% agree. And I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. And there's a past version of me that would have felt like, oh, you heartless. Like, (laughs) you know, it took you 15 minutes to throw this thing together for your friend. Like you could spend a couple of hours and put together like a little project and like invite some people in or, you know, whatever. Like we, I could have taken it in a lot of different directions. But a few things. Number one, I think what I might, what I recognized off top was that I've got too much at stake. Like I'm not, I'm not that girl anymore. I don't just spread it out because I have it, right? I recognize what those incremental costs put at risk for me when I want to agree to try, you know, and, and again, this could have been like, like a, you know, a set of a series of like 10 minute videos or five minute videos and like some worksheets and like some spreadsheets and just like kind of giving from what I already have. And I shut it down. And not, she didn't have any objections. She's like, totally got it. I was just like, girl, that'll be confusing to my audience. They know what my mission is. <laughs> my clients are coming to me for a very different you know, set of problems that they're trying to work through in their own businesses and lives and careers. And this ain't that, right? If a client of mine happens to be preparing for you know, their own brand shoot or whatever, and they're trying to organize their thoughts because I'm working with them, they are my client, and it's a part of the general scope of the container, which... I have a pretty broad scope when it comes to my one-on-one clients, right? I pull from my toolbox. I pull from my experiences. If I got it, you got it, right? But that's within that container. That's when in that one-to-one, like there is an agreement around what we're here to do and how I have my clients back, how I hold that relationship. I could see immediately the series of work streams that would have come out of it because I'm not going to want to do it half-assed. I'm like creating something for the culture or for, you know, some women's group over here or you know, whatever black collective over there that could value from it, like could gain real value from what I have to offer in that one specific sort of way. But that's time, that's energy. And it is time and energy that takes me away from my core mission, which is meant to actually have a greater impact on those very same people. And so I just, I just like reflected on that today And I felt really proud (laughs) of how far I've come. And I also feel really proud that I've helped my clients move through this way of thinking, because I think a lot of us get trapped in this version of generosity, this version of giving, this version of I've got to be there, right? I've got clients, for instance, I hear this all the time, who got a million mentees? Every time they show up at a conference, (laughs) every time they show up and speak at an event, just sliding in the DMs, like... Everybody wants a mentor and understandably so. Like we just saw at the Grammys, you know, two women of color ever in a hundred years damn near, right? And so that, that means that because of these structural barriers, there's no one above us. 
And so we feel once we get to these levels, it's like, well, I didn't have anyone to look up to. I'm now the person I wish I had back then. So I owe it to this, you know, young, bright mind, this young, (laughs) scrappy dude (laughs) to take the phone call to, yeah, you know what? Go ahead and send me your resume. Yeah, you know what? Go ahead and send me your portfolio. You know what? I'll find some time on my calendar. Reach out to my assistant. Like, you're just saying yes to everybody. And look, I want y'all to understand, like, sometimes you're going to say yes. (laughs) It has to be filtered through a set of criteria that you have determined for yourself that it incorporates. And really, I think at its foundation is about protecting who you are most meant to be showing up as in the world. And so when all of a sudden you got about 45 mentees who all want to have not even monthly, like quarterly check-ins, but that's a lot of people. You know what I mean? Even like 15, 20 of them. That's a lot of people. Okay. And I know, I know many of y'all are feeling this because the women that I work with, I think they're definitely huge hearted women, like big old hearts, right? And incredibly mission oriented, no matter what industry they work in, right? No matter what kind of business they're building, what kind of organization they're running, what kind of team they're, you know, built, like, They care about the people. They care about actually having an impact on people's lives. And so they can be bleeding hearts when they step out into the world and someone is like, hey, me, help me, help me, help me. And it's like, I literally, I can see your potential. I can see how I might be able to help you. But you're going to look out into the world when you're at that position. And when we're, you know, occupying such rare air and space in these positions that we've occupied, we've built ourselves up to these places and everyone is going to be able to benefit from you in some way. That's what it's going to feel like. And when you confront that truth, that it's like, everyone could benefit, like could, should I, based on my own criteria, agree to try to spread myself out for everyone to have a piece? I want to talk to y'all about how we can manage this. So that's one version of it, right? Another version I think I hear often is with our own teams, like within the actual teams that we have hired, that we have built up beneath us. And... The desire to give ourselves away to them through this brand of leadership that is about selflessness and self-deprecation and, you know, being a servant leader. I think that that term could, can be wonderful, but I also think that we misinterpret it, you know, especially again, as someone who's already naturally sort of mission oriented, you can misinterpret the term servant leader, servant leadership, and turn it into this thing where it means like, let me get down and make sure I'm in the trenches on each and everything that my team is going through. And and in a way that ends up infantilizing them in a way that actually doesn't help anyone build confidence in themselves. And it also helps you avoid, which can be tough to confront, avoid the harsh realities of someone who maybe came in with you at a certain stage in your growth and in your business, but who no longer is going to be able to make it with you to the next level. If you continue just to kind of pick up the slack for them and fill in all the gaps for them and never allow them to confront their areas of incompetency, never allow them to actually hit the walls and not be able to deliver because you know if you let them fall, that they're going to fall and fall hard and probably not even be able to learn from and pick back up and learn from their mistakes and improve. Because there's two things here, right? There's somebody who is inexperienced who needs the experience of trying and testing and failing at things so that they can learn and improve. Then there's also that person or those people on on the team and the crew who need to fall and fail and show what they're going to do. Are they the type that's going to get up and learn and leverage you as a resource to help them in that learning process? Or are they actually looking for you to swoop down? I call this sort of 
parachuting leadership where you parachute in anytime somebody has a problem and you take them upon your shoulders <laughs> and say, I got you. I'm going to carry you out of these trenches and mama's got you, right? It's a way of infantilizing people and it does them no good and it does you a, a great disservice and it does whatever mission you're driving after, the thing that you're really trying to, like the big picture goal here, it does it a massive disservice, okay? So like these are a couple of different manifestations of what happens when I, I see this showing up where it's like, we got to stop trying to save everyone and losing ourselves in the process and losing our big pictures in the process. It's not a strike against you to have boundaries in this way, right? Again, I understand where it comes from, but I did a quick post about this not that long ago where I was talking about how uh, I think oftentimes that we mistake generosity for spreading ourselves out and that generosity actually has nothing to do with giving a lot. It's not about the amount of giving that you do about the number of people that you give to and how much you give them. Generosity is about quality. Generosity is about how well you give, okay? Y'all wanna write that down. (laughs) Generosity is not about how much you give. Generosity is about how well you give. And what happens is we get into this practice of giving ourselves away. And I'm talking about in professional settings right now, but you know you're doing this at home. You're doing this with your family, your extended family. You're doing this with your friends, right? I'm going to tell you right now, and I say this all the time, how you are anywhere is how you are everywhere. And so when my clients are talking to me about, oh, this is what's going on with them and their team, or this is what's going on because of all these mentees that they've got resting on their shoulders that they can't, like, what are some of those personal relationships looking like? These same themes are flowing throughout. One of some of the, the greatest outcomes of working with me have been clients actually having to cut ties in personal relationships. They didn't come to work with me about what personal relationships, what was going on with them in their personal lives. But it becomes very, very clear (laughs) that this is a way of being, this is a way that I am showing up in all of these spaces where I feel as though I have to give myself away. I need to take everyone, everyone's problems become my problems, as opposed to, no, I'm a leader that helps to coach you and position you to handle your problems more effectively. I am someone who is here to support you in a way that is, both protecting my boundaries and meeting you, you know, to the degree that that makes sense for me. But that like I give what I can according to criteria that I've actually set. And that in setting that criteria is the thing that takes the work, right? That's the work that I do. But I just want y'all to understand that you can be different. And I want to give you a couple of things to just a couple of, I guess, a tool and a, and a way of framing this when you find yourself in these situations, a question that you need to ask yourself, okay? Because I think what we're doing is we're walking around with the question, well, what will they gain if I say yes? Like we have this like positive framing immediately. And it's like, they're going to gain a lot, of course. (laughs) That's why people are coming to you. If you always ask yourself like, well, I should do it because look, they'll benefit look, there's value I have to offer. That means that's confirmation, right? That means I should do this because I can, (laughs) because they will benefit, because I have value to offer them. That's going to be the case every time. So you're never going to filter out what actually should be on your list and what shouldn't, what you can and, and should give, right? Versus what you're really not in a position to give and what you're, what you want to think twice about. I want you to instead think about the question, what's at risk for me 
if I give? And what's at risk for them? I think there's a lot of conversation on the internet, especially when we talk about boundaries, which I love. I think we need to have lots and lots of conversations about boundaries because it's a tricky thing, right? And it's an ongoing thing. And you're going to come continuously buck up against walls where you're like, dang, I thought I had my boundaries things figured out. And here we go again. It's like, it's a lifelong pursuit, this whole boundaries thing, I think, especially for high achievers. (laughs) Uh, Because you're just used to producing and giving and doing, right? So we think about boundary setting in terms of, okay, well... Is this going to put you at risk? What's at stake for you if you say yes, right? This is why we have to learn how to say no, which is fine advice. You know, I think it's more nuanced than that in general, but like it's fine advice to make sure that you're checking in with yourself by saying, what am I risking for myself? What's at risk here for me if I say yes to you right now? What's that going to cost me next week when now my calendar's looking X, Y, and Z way? What's that going to cost me at the end of the year, and I look back over what I should have been creating, and instead I spent all this time, you know what I mean? What's that going to cost me when I'm spending these extra hours when I know I need more pauses in my day to think more clearly so that, and also so that I'm not extending my days into my nights and into my weekends on a consistent basis, right? We do have to ask ourselves that question from that place. But I also want you to take it further and ask yourself the question, What is at risk for them? The person who is asking me to help them right now, what is at risk for them if I say yes? There's a cost to them. It seems counterintuitive. It's not going to seem apparent in the moment where it's like, no, like (laughs) I'm costing them if I say no. That is the automatic like gut feeling. But this is the thing. You wouldn't care to help this person if there wasn't some part of their need that was tied to your greater mission to your greater purpose, to your greater direction, like the thing that you're supposed to be doing in the world. And this sort of brings me full circle back to the story I was telling at the top of this episode about my friend, because what she was positioning was like pretty in line with like what I do, right? I'm about helping women of color in particular find more freedom, find more clarity, find more direction and support for their ambitions. Of course, right? But this is not the how for me. Taking a step back and creating this like side project thing, which is not tied to a personal passion that would energize me. It's not tied to the full mission of like what I want to be spending my time working on, right? My limited time (laughs) working on. And if I spent time dallying (laughs) in, in this little project over here, I'm serving her, but not through the channel that I feel that was placed on me that I feel called to be the bigger picture, right? I think about all the women who then suffer that I'm supposed to be focused on, the episodes I'm supposed to be recording, the free time I just needed to rest and to think to make sure that I am tapped in to where I'm supposed to be giving and saying what I need to be saying, right? Sometimes we just, we devalue like, well, I I do have an extra 20 minutes to do that. Maybe those 20 minutes were supposed to be spent doing nothing so that your mind could find a moment of zen and, and rest, so that you could be ready for what comes next, right? It's not always about filling in the gaps with little ways that you can help people here and there and smattering yourself all about. It's about keeping your eye on the prize. So yes, you're going to feel that draw. You're going to feel a desire to connect with and to give in these moments that pop up, these opportunities that pop up, these hands that get raised, right? Because these folks are going to find you, right? The more that you're operating in what it is that you are supposed to be doing out here, more it is that you're operating in your excellence and your genius, 
folks are going to find you. And in the periphery, there's lots of ways you can help them. But that's in the periphery. And I want us to get zeroed in. I want us to get dialed in to what is my core vision, my core mission, so that I can recognize when peripheral opportunity comes in, when peripheral ideas and requests come in, and I can judge them from a more grounded and rooted place, from a place of clarity around what my generosity actually stands for and what my generosity is actually meant to do in the world. Because I do think that that true generosity is intense, that true generosity is focused, right? That's how you deliver quality. That's how you deliver a high standard of quality against your actual mission. So I know it's tempting, y'all. I know it's tempting. I know it's tempting. (laughs) And we're not going to get this right every time. And that's totally fine. It's not about being, you know, down on yourself, being hard on yourself. But this is, this is, this is just a little, little reminder. Okay. That it's, you're not just, you're not saying no to your mission when you say no to that person, right? You're actually doing the opposite. This is how we say yes to the greater benefit. Like I would much rather ensure that, you know, in my instance, that I am focused on my zone of genius and in helping the leaders that I am meant to be focused on helping so that they can create <laughs> the kinds of solutions and the kinds of programs and the kinds of resources and the kinds of like through their various sets of genius that would filter down to other women who are wanting to have the blueprint for how they, you know, think of through their brand and their strategy and their website setup and photo shoots and all that kind of stuff. That's somebody else's genius. That's not my genius. That's something I figured out. (laughs) And my job is to be a catalyst for someone else to operationalize their genius right? That I, I'm just so clear on my work that that is just outside of it and that that's okay. I'm also clear, I think there's a bigger filter on top of all this. I'm also clear about the lived experience that I need to have in tandem with my work, that my work supports, I say this all the time, my work supports my life. My work has to work in harmony and in conjunction with, it has to support the way I need to feel out here, right? I need to feel a sense of balance. I need to feel a sense of freedom. I need to feel like so that's another you know, set of questions to bring into the conversation because there is a question of like, does this directly impact my work? But there's also like, does this impact how I feel just waking up and living my days? If I'm constantly saying yes and trying to give myself away in order to feel as though I'm valuable. And this is also, I want to just make a clear distinction that you may have a valuable thing to offer in a moment to a person who can see, wow, you have something valuable that I need, that I would love to learn from, that I'd love to grow from, that I'd love to, you know, leverage in some way. But that value is different. It's separate from your actual worth. And I think sometimes we can get that sort of entangled emotionally when it's like, well, then I'm not doing the thing that people love me for, right? Like I'm kind of distancing myself from the possibility of being seen as worthy, which is, you know belonging and being loved and all the stuff that comes up for us. So also reminding yourself that this is not how I get love. This is not how I find worthiness. This is not my value. This is not like the basis upon which I judge and value myself, whether or not I give here and there or whatever, right? It's bigger than that. And you get to have full ownership over that story as it plays out in your mind and in your life. All right, y'all, I had to pop on and just give this word. I really hope that 
this episode serves. I hope that, as always, this meets the right woman at the right time, in the right place, at the right minute, at the right millisecond, and create something new for you. All right. Till next time. Y'all, truly, thank you for listening to Ambition Without Compromise. If you enjoyed the show, don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so more women like you can discover us. I'd also love to engage with you more real time. If you're on social media, come follow me on Instagram at Monique R. Shields. Don't forget that R. You can also access my newsletter at MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to receive bi-weekly gems on the best and most impactful lessons I'm learning in my many roles in both life and as a coach to powerhouse women across the country. Again, that's MoniqueRShields.com forward slash newsletter to sign up. Talk to you soon.